The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Hello and welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders, the program that makes people aware of the best leadership practices, leadership trends, and thoughts about leadership. I am Kimberly J. Lewis, your host, a seasoned CEO, leadership trainer, and diversity expert. In this series, we talk about what affects leadership, everything that affects leadership. We talk about everything from gender balance and leadership to generational and cultural business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. And why are we doing this? Um, people ask me that, oh, that question quite a lot. It's because that people are the most important asset a company has and people need good leadership. But good leadership is not easy in this dynamic and diverse environment. So our goal is to keep you up to date on all aspects of leadership. We invite you to connect with us, send us your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com, join our Facebook page, Leadership Beyond Borders Ponytail Talk, or tweet with me, Kimberly Lewis at leadershipgbt, or join our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless if your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we will make sure that you take away something useful for you or your business. Now, today today's a little bit different. Um, today I'm going to do things a little bit differently and we have two guests to, with us today both who have quite slightly different views on the topic we're going to talk about. And I also have my own views on this topic after my 20 years C-level management experience. So today we're going to discuss narcissism and leadership. We would love to hear your opinions, so please write to us at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail. So let's start this out a little bit simply. The word narcissistic leader has become a buzzword. Um, I think it really started about the time of the U.S. president elections. Um, this word was popping around and it was being used for not just one candidate, but many candidates in the election. And it started to become attached to many other world leaders. The general public has gotten into the habit of labeling many leaders in both business and politics narcissists. But I ask, is this really fear and is this really true? So let's take a look at the word narcissist or narcissistic. Where did it come from? Well, actually, it came from Greek mythology. Narcissus was a handsome young boy who actually fell in love with his reflection in the water. And then when he could not leave it alone, he was turned into a flower. Quite a simple tale. 
So later in the 19th century, the word became popular again when there was a great debate among all the great 19th century psychologists around what narcissism really was and what it meant. Um, those of you who studied Freud might remember that Freud um, used narcissism as one of his three personality types, and others argued that narcissism was everything from a sense of self-preservation, a degree of self-indulgence, regulation of self-esteem, and almost a psychopathic vision of oneself of the world. It's been debated and really, nobody's really agreed on one definition. But regardless if the professionals continue to debate these definitions, they agree on some clinical definitions for this word. But the general public continues to have its own ideas about what narcissism is, and the word is frequently used today in all aspects of life, including leadership. Narcissism and leadership have been widely studied, and there is some evidence that narcissists are more likely to succeed in attaining leadership positions. So I thought about this, and, and this really does make sense because they're normally somewhat aggressive, they're confident, and they have charisma. They know what they want, they want to be a leader, they believe they're the best person for the job, and they have no doubt in their mind that they're the ones that should be in charge. But there's also a dark side to narcissism because sometimes these characteristics have not only a positive impact on people and business, but they also can have a negative impact. And one of our guests today is going to a specialist that treats many people who have become victims of narcissistic leadership. So in this series, we'll look at the good, the bad, and the ugly surrounding narcissistic leadership. And our guests today are Teresa Prihodova. Teresa Prihodova has a master's in clinical psychology from LaSalle University and is a PhD candidate at the Faculty of Medicine at Charles University in Prague. And she is also a researcher at the National Institute of Mental Health in Czech Republic. Teresa is currently researching the assessment of more morality and integrity in the working environment. Her focus is on developing new methods and instruments that could be used by corporations during job interviews to evaluate the tendencies towards counterproductive work behavior and moral disengagement. Our second guest today is Dr. Anastasia Patterson. Dr. Patterson is a professor at the University of New York in Prague, a counseling psychologist and a business consultant. She holds a scientific grant from the Russian Federation for Fundamental Research and has authored numerous articles in various scholarly journals and books. She has a PhD from the Moscow Humanitarian University in Russia and an MBA from the Rochester Institute of Technology. So, ladies, welcome to the show. Hello, Kimberly. Hi, Kim. Thank you for having us. Okay. So, um, let's let's first let's just talk about what people uh, associate the word narcissism with today. Could you tell me that? Sure. Um, well, from my general practice, uh, people usually associate the narcissism with uh, someone who is just full of themselves. They're always behaving like they're something more than everyone else. Often, uh, this is associated with uh, people who held any kind of a high position, usually corporate reader, read, leaders, bosses, or any really distinct individuals who are striving to get to the top of the work pyramid or their career. 
Interestingly enough, what I have noticed is that usually uh, this word is associated with men rather than with women. I don't think I have ever encountered a conversation where someone would point out a woman as uh, saying that she is such a narcissist, which is logical as just I, what I've just said, uh, if narcissism is, associ is associated with high leading positions, then simply there are not that many women represented. Uh, thus, you will simply not find them there. This general assumption is actually not far from truth, uh, as because uh, based on the statistical data, um, the prevalence of the disorder, if we talk about uh, the narcissistic personality disorder from the clinical point of view, is only uh, represented in two zero to six percent in community samples, and those six percent are usually fifty to seventy five percent male. Mm -hmm. So, um, so I guess to just to, to understand, so um, the, there's a clinical definition of narcissists, and, and then, um, but actually, there's only about six percent actually have a disorder, and I think we're going to come to <coughs> what makes a disorder later. But it, it's quite interesting. Um, that uh, I never thought about it, but you're right. You don't really hear that word associated with women, and maybe that's because with less women leaders, then maybe it's not associated. And Anastasia, do you have a take on this? Uh, yeah, sure. So first of all, when we go into clinical definition of narcissism, um, you'll see those traits, maybe male, Mm, males are more predisposed to develop those in terms of uh, genetics. So they might be more genetically predisposed. Um, and also I think you pointed out the other day that maybe society dictates certain behavioral patterns where women are not supposed to show it so much and it's not um, good to show it in business. Therefore, maybe we can just observe it more in the male population. Mm -hmm. So I guess our anthropologists out there would probably say that the males have more of a tendency towards this um, because of development in history, then that's why we see more. So I, I guess my question, my, my question would be, so what, what are some of the, the, the characteristics of uh, narcissism? Um, we look at the, the uh, traits or, or the characteristics based on the Diagnostic Statistical Manual 5, which was developed by the American Psychological Association. And they uh, describe nine, nine features uh, for a person with narcissistic tendencies. Well, for us to actually make a diagnosis, there has to be at least five or more of them presented uh, in a variety of contexts, not just at work or not just at home, but across all uh, these contexts. So, Going to the features, so one of the probably most obvious one is the grandiosity and the sense of self-importance, which is usually uh, displayed by uh, achievements of talents and uh, recognizing as being superior. Together with that goes the preoccupation with fantasies of unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, or ideal love in the romantic relationships. Um, which again goes hand in hand in believing that that person is very unique, very special compared to the others. Uh, because of their uniqueness and specialness, they also require excessive admirations of others and when they don't get it, uh, they often feel offended. Um, uh, other characteristics that uh, are typical for narcissists are their sense of entitlement, 
when they have unreasonable expectations of especially favorable treatments and are puzzled when this does not happen, um, which uh, the combination of the sense of entitlement together with the lack of sensitivity to their needs, to the needs of others, uh, really lead to being a very interpersonally exploitive. Um, another very typical sign is that they like empathy, uh, which probably is together with the grandiosity, uh, the signs that uh, the general public knows. And the last two are basically again going hand in hand. Uh, they're very envious, they believe, uh, or their beliefs that others envy them. And the jealousy may be displayed as being arrogant and overconfident in attitudes and behaviors. Mm-hmm. So when, when I hear those, I guess I, I guess my question uh, to, to either one of you is that um, uh, some of those things I think leaders need. Okay, um, so I guess you know what what what's kind of the difference between what I'd call a big personality, personal magnetism, charisma. And some of these narcissistic um, uh, behaviors. Well, I think it depends in uh, the context and in the amount of how much that person shows it. Um, there could be uh, behaviors that are very harmful, and then uh, there could be behaviors that I just described. But if they're uh, dis- displayed only for work behavior or to get a success and not harming other people, then we would not definitely call it a disorder. Mm-hmm. So I think you you said so, um, Anna, Dr. Patterson, do you have any comments on that? Yeah, I just wanted to add that as Teresa pointed out, it's a spectrum disorder, it's a spectrum phenomenon. Some people can show only a few narcissistic traits or those traits are not very extreme. Thus the offenses of those people can be less severe, less frequent. Uh, yet it's important to learn about the traits associated behaviors so we can identify them in time and deal with it in a way to prevent possible harm that might come from interaction with such people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I mean, I when I look at these and um, I, you know, I still think, um, I, I guess what you're saying that, that I heard you say if you have more than five of these disorders, then it, I mean, I feel five of these traits, excuse me, then you're actually getting to a disorder, okay? Because when I look at some of the traits, then I say, well, you have to have some of those traits to be a good leader, okay? But if you have more than five, maybe that's when the leadership starts to tip a little bit and it goes more into the side of disorder. Did I understand that correctly? Uh, I think so. And just keep in mind that it's, again, in a variety of contexts, and not just at work, but also at home or with friends or other social gatherings. Mm. Because I think, think that, you know, hearing these... um, I mean, I can think of some leaders, and, and we'll talk about this after um, we take a break, of um, who exhibits some of these behaviors. So um, after the break, I'd like to kind of dig down into those a little bit and um, find out what's productive and what's not productive. So um, to our listeners, we're talking with Teresa Prihodova and Dr. Anastasia Patterson, and we're talking about the characteristics of narcissism, um, and how they can enhance leadership or how they can be hum- become harmful. Please remember to contact us with questions and comments to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com or reach us at Twitter at leadershipgbt or on Facebook or in our LinkedIn leadership group. And we'll be right back after the break. 
From the boardroom to you. Voice America Business Network. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. If you're an influencer, you don't follow the trends. You set them. Voice America influencers are involved in creating change in personal and professional lives, collaborating and driving value to make our lives better. We have world-renowned thought leaders, speakers, authors, entrepreneurs, artists, and some of the most influential voices today. Listen in today to what they have to say. Engage in the conversation. The Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Answer the call. Follow the Voice America Talk Radio Network on Twitter. We're at Voice America TRN. You'll get the latest fix on what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and general happenings that you should know about at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Now you don't have to miss anything when you're away from your home or office. Just go to twitter.com forward slash Voice America TRN or follow along with us at Voice America TRN. The Voice Voice America Talk Radio Network. We're on the cutting edge of social media. Can you keep up? When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's exciting new series on the Business Network. In this series, we're looking at narcissism. What is narcissism and what is narcissism in leadership? Our guests are Teresa Prihodova um, from Charles University in Prague, a PhD candidate, and Dr. Anastasia Patterson is a professor at the University of New York in Prague. Now, before the break, we were, we were talking about the characteristics and the, and the traits of um, narcissism, and we concluded uh, with our two experts here that, that um, a lot of people have these traits, um, when it becomes a disorder is more than when you exhibit more than five of these traits. That's correct. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. Okay. So what, what I'd like to do is just talk about a couple of these traits because, um, you know, if I look at, if I look at the trait, like, um, kind of grandiose sense of self-importance, okay, I, I, I think of some, some really good examples in history, some really great leaders 
So can, can we talk about when's that, when, when is that productive, when is that good, and, and when is that harmful? Absolutely. Uh, so uh, you used to be a CEO for many years, mm-hmm. and I'm just curious about your own opinion, from your own experience, um, how do you think company can contribute from people who have this trait? Well, I, I think, you know, what, being a CEO, you, you have to have some degree of of believing in yourself and believing in self-importance because because you have to deal with a lot of other people. I mean, you have to you have to have the the confidence to to bring things to boards to to make decisions. Okay, and um, and you have to have that confidence in yourself to be able to do it. So, I mean, I, I don't know if I describe it as self-importance, but I think that it, you have to realize that you are the one who is responsible and so therefore you are self-important in some sense. Mm-hmm. Okay, also they are risk takers, so I guess yeah. they can come up with new effective way to, to do business. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, they can make right impression on stakeholders, influence public decisions, opinions, so that's a positive aspect. Mm-hmm. So, but in generally, in my opinion, those people are very self-centered. They're not team players. They don't think about the company's interests first. So they don't think like, what can I do to the company, but what company can do for me? And unfortunately, sometimes those interests, they just can go in opposite directions. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, it's very difficult to, to find a compromise with those people because for them, there's just only two types of opinion. It's their opinion and the wrong one. And they're very sensitive to criticism because it harms their already super fragile sense of self and put them into a narcissistic shame. So in order to overcome this discomfort, they use a lot of quite unhealthy defense mechanisms or hmm, what you can observe, uh, irrational emotional reaction that makes it very difficult to find common ground with them and resolve conflicts in an effective way, which might lead to a bad psychological climate in the company or in the department. And um, also, although this overconfidence can be beneficial, it also poses a threat to a company because they're excellent actors. They do a wonderful, unbelievable job reading people so they can put an appropriate mask when they see you. So while you might get an impression they're really knowledgeable, successful, and super friendly, and make a decision to hire them on the spot for a very high level position, later you could find out that they actually can't do work effectively at all. The numbers will actually be lower than they promise and they can always have a wonderful explanation how it's not their fault and they're doing their best. So in some severe cases, they can drive business to bankruptcy because of their incompetence, little knowledge and irresponsibility. Well, we kind of had that in the banking crisis. I mean, uh, so I, I hear what you're saying and um, I, I do kind of agree with it, but I have to say that that I still think, I mean, if you look at some some great people in history like Jack Welch or something, you know, they, they, they had to have this this sense to push it forward. But I, I also have seen in my years um, yeah, a lot of people who sold themselves quite a bit. And, and then you found out later that 
that they were the, the quality was not there. But I'd like to that's interesting food for thought. I'd like to um Teresa move on to a little bit about the second one I'm pre um uh, unlimited preoccupied fantasies of success because I, I, I think of this in two sense. I think of um a group of leaders that maybe were technology leaders, okay, um uh, Bill Gates, um um, you know, Steve Jobs, some people like that, who who they had to have um, this vision of unlimited success to push forward. And then there's other social, you know, then you'd have the social side of of maybe Kennedy, Churchill, um, some other people who really had this vision. And and I I, you know, I can see where. I, I guess I'm trying to see what what could be harmful, Teresa, in that, and what you know. Do you have any examples of positive or negative, or what 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 do you see in that? Sure. Um, well, you, you know, you're right by listing all those great people from from the history or really nowadays, is that those people did have to have some kind of a vision and and belief in their. Um, unlimited sort of a say success or power because otherwise they would not be able to to achieve the goals that they had the one good example that i like to use um, with with this point is for example margaret thatcher uh, a british prime minister and leader of a conservative party who was also called an iron lady probably the nickname was not because she was such a nurturing and family wife <laughs> Um, but because she did uh, have a vision, she did uh, have this, what we call in a clinic's uh, fantasies of uh, the power, sex is brilliant, and she pushed, she pushed the people around her to, in order to, to achieve the goals, which we now know that were important, especially for Britain. Um, on the other hand, though, uh, the, the bad side of the preoccupation with fantasies and unlimited success, power, brilliance, beauty, and so on, is when we look at people who, again, you know, take it too far, when they ruminate about the long overdue admiration and privilege. You don't want to listen to someone, you know, keep asking for huge admiration and how privileged they are. When they compare themselves with famous or privileged people, well, you know that, you know, they're that there may be special in some sort of a way, but really listening to somebody 24-7, how they're just as great as Bill Gates or Steve Jobs, when you know that they, their success is good, but they probably won't even reach oh, their mm -hmm. levels. Now, I, could, I could see where this sense of privilege may be dangerous, because that, for, for me, that could also really lead to... Um, uh, you know, going over the edge. I mean, criminal activity, um, not paying attention to what the law is. Um, you know, we, we have seen a lot of that in, in our history. Um, and, um, you know, t taking these chances, people who manipulate accounts, do that or uh, things like that, then that might be, you know, pushing a you know, sense of privilege that then goes over the edge in leadership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're, I, I agree with that. Um, even based on the research that we've done lately on impulsivity, uh, that has a lot to do with this sense of privilege and sense of being unique and special, having an unlimited power. I think these people then don't think of the consequences that, that come after their actions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Dr. Patterson, do you have any comment on that? Um, yeah, I was thinking about how those traits can be useful for corporations. So remember, 
one of the traits we discuss is a lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. And there are certain jobs that actually require this lack of empathy. Mm-hmm. For example, when you need to fire people. And companies, they prefer to hire external agencies mm-hmm. for that because it's psychologically difficult process. So those people, I think, would be perfect candidates for those kind of jobs because they just don't care. Mm-hmm. So if they place in the right positions within the corporations when they don't really have to interact with many people, um, maybe they can be quite useful, successful. But I just want to add a little bit about Steve Jobs uh, because after his death, uh, the colleagues, his colleagues who used to work with him mm-hmm. actually were writing a lot about the personal experience and what a um, what an individual he was and how difficult it was to work with him on in, interpersonal level and how unhappy they were. Mm-hmm. With. I've read that too. Yeah. I've read that too. Yeah. And um, but you know it, it, that's where this kind of goes on 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 you know where it, where is that balance with these five? I mean, he was a great visionary. He built a fantastic company, and um, you know maybe he wasn't pretty hard to work with on the end of it. But I think I think lack of empathy. I think that's probably one uh, really visual um, trait that you see quite a bit, and. Um, and I wonder if 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 where 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 is that line on it? You know, um, because you know, there's a lot. We talk a lot about trust today and building trust with CEOs. But on the other hand, what you said is there there has to be CEOs have something to do. Okay, they have to push that company forward, and that doesn't always mean that you have to be um, everybody's best friend. Well, absolutely not, but uh, you see, you can be ethical company and actually take care of your people and pay them good salaries, encourage their development, or you can be also a super successful company while you have a production facilities in China where children work for you, mm-hmm. you see, so this is uh, what's important. Yeah. yeah, and then th- there's that other there's that other trait about um, uh, believing they're special and unique. And um, I wonder about that because uh, sometimes I attribute that a little bit to bravery. Um, I, you know, one of my favorite heroes is Amelia Earhart, who thought she was definitely special and unique, and look what she did. Um, but I don't know if we would call her a female narcissist or not. Okay, but I mean, well, what about this trait? I mean, I, where where can this be harmful? Or productive. Mm. I think there's a good and bad examples in history. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, there are uh, bad examples that were, you know, being uh, believing in being again specially unique together with a sense of grandiosity, which was seen in Hitler and and Stalin together with Joseph Mengele, where all three were. studied continuously and uh, uh, this uh, was largely attributed them because um, they believe that they're the only one special or high status uh, and only people who are similar to them or are just as special or high statuses uh, will understand them. So they really only associate again with them and they devalue the attitudes or ideas or really any um, relationship with people who are not 
the same to them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where um, it does become very harmful. As on the other hand, where it can help the leadership or help the company is what we have already talked about, you know, by believing in yeah, I'm unique, my ideas are unique, and if I push the people around me and explain it to them, maybe we can achieve great things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy, um, these discussions, and it's very easy to see why, why the general public now, um, when they see these traits, and I think, I, when I, after the, the break, next break, I'd like to ask you a little bit, I mean, Media plays a big role in this, okay, and um, people are just much more visible today than they were, you know, 30 years ago or 40 years ago, and so this visibility also um, allows people to to see these traits more than they probably did in the past, and if they're not really sure, you know, what you know, these five, if it goes over five, then it's a disorder. If they don't understand that, the public doesn't understand that, and they don't really care to understand that. They just just see that people exhibit certain traits, and then they're relating it to narcissism when that may be true or may not be true. So um, I think this is this is quite interesting, and we're going we're gonna to take another short break, and we are talking with Teresa Prihodova, um, PhD candidate at Charles University and researcher at the Institute of Mental Health in the Czech Republic, and Dr. Anastasia Patterson is professor at University of New York in Prague. And when we come back, we're going to talking a little bit more about the non-productive aspects of narcissistic leaders um, and what happens to organizations and people when the leader is really non-productive or bad, okay, um, and kind of exhibits more than these five habits that we've been talking about. So please uh, remember to contact us with questions and comments at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. If you'd like to talk to Teresa or Dr. Patterson, please mail me and I will be forwarding the mails to the both of them. And please reach out to us on Twitter at LeadershipGBT, on Facebook under Leadership Beyond Borders, at our LinkedIn group, Leadership Beyond Borders, and we will be right back after the break. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. 
The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Voice America is where you are and where you want to be. Join us around the globe as we broadcast live from some of the most interesting events available. Don't forget to view all our live events, including on-demand access to past events that you may have missed by visiting voiceamerica.com forward slash live events. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America interactive radio player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders, the Voice America's exciting new series on the Business Network. In this series, we're looking at narcissism in leadership. Our guests are Teresa Prihodova, uh, PhD uh, candidate Charles University in Prague, Dr. Anastasia Patterson, a professor at University of New York in Prague. And we've, we've been talking about the characteristics of narcissism and, and how they can c- contribute to great leadership, but how they can also be the downfall of leaders. But when narcissistic leaders are not productive, as we'll call it, or not, or, or, or not good or effective, um, it does sometimes affect individuals and organizations. So Dr. Patterson works with the victims of narcissistic leaders. So the, the first thing I'd, I'd just like to ask you again, I know we talked about this a little bit, is, um, is how do you know when things are really not predict, productive and, and when you kind of cross that border? And, and, and it's not doing good for the company, but it's actually hurting in individuals. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I just want uh, to talk a little bit about dynamics of relationship with the people like this. So generally, a relationship between two emotionally mature people with boundaries develops steadily over time. You slowly build trust, cooperation, and so forth. So imagine the situation, this new, charming, smart person comes into office, you know, where, uh, so people, what people have cluster D disorders that includes narcissism, uh, the pattern works like this. At the very beginning, the relationship starts very intensely. So they start the grooming process by getting you addicted to their attention. 
by providing constant gratification, feeling your self-esteem, make you feel appreciated and valuable. So that's the attention part we talked about, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay. Like a honeymoon yeah. stage. Yeah. A honeymoon yeah. stage, okay. <laughs> yeah. Look at me, okay. So after some time, so this idealization phase is over and they start to test your boundaries. Uh, remember how we were talking about the exploitative trait of narcissism? Mm, so suddenly you find yourself in a situation where all your efforts at cooperation results in outcomes that benefit your colleagues more than benefits you. So you constantly compromise your own interests and goals to help this colleague to achieve achieve hers. So you're so constantly a mending bias. Okay. <laughs> so you're constantly doing something for them Absolutely. to help them achieve. Yes, okay. yes, because you need to like get this uh, yeah. attention admiration from the mm -hmm. beginning. So you believe that they will acknowledge and appreciate your work and you're trying too hard to please them. And suddenly you start to see that uh, your cooperation is unbalanced and you try to discuss it with the person, it's normal. Uh, and this is where you commit the deadly scene. You, know, you dare to question them and you will get punished for that badly. Because suddenly, uh, you they don't provide you enough uh, good positive re uh, reinforcement and you start to question yourself. Is it me? Where did I go wrong? Maybe. I'm not good enough at my work, you know, so your self-esteem goes down here. Uh, in case you try to discuss your frustration with such a colleague, you can get completely irrational responses that will make you question your own uh, sanity. Oh, because one of the common methods of manipulation they use is called um, gaslighting. Um, basically, the purpose of this method is to distort your sense of reality. So this is how it works. Uh, you bring up a statement, for example, like, uh, where is the report? You know, and you hear something like this back. Are you crazy? This has never happened. This is the first time I hear about it. So it's mm. clearly a sabotage. Uh, so this creates cognitive dissonance in your head and you have two opposite thoughts. Is it her who is wrong or am I wrong? But she's such a good person, so maybe it's me. Maybe I didn't do my job very well. So you rationalize this behavior and you keep hurting yourself. Uh, uh, can, can I just stop yeah. there for a second? Because I think mm -hmm. that for our listeners, you know, I think a lot of people have been in that position. Mm -hmm. uh, and Teresa, you probably see it too. You know, yeah. you know, um, did did I really did did that happen? Didn't I do it, or didn't I tell them, or, mm -hmm. or, or um, I'm sure I told them, and then, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden the other person says, no, of course you didn't, you know. But uh, that's interesting, and that could be, and when it happens over and over again, then that's there. It's almost a manipulative behavior. Well, it is a very mm -hmm. manipulative behavior, mm -hmm. indeed. So you question your own self all mm -hmm. the time, and this is where you become very vulnerable uh, because. You're not sure if your own complaints are legitimate and somebody after some time they start to yell at you and you start to think maybe I deserved it. Mm. You know, so you become very unbalanced. So you start to become a perfect marionette to serve uh, their goals. And people with pathological personalities are highly manipulative and I think it will be very beneficial for our listeners to learn about this common manipulation techniques in order to recognize them and not to fall for it. You know, they can just Google manipulations and artistic manipulations and they will be presented with 100 uh, articles on the subject. So actually, I think you and I talked about, I, I had a story um, with that, with a, um, a board chair that I was one time walk, working with and uh, 
who, who who actually exhibited those behaviors and and it was funny because at the time I thought um, he would do strange things like the whole board um, could have time off and we had calls every Monday and I was the only woman but when we had these calls if I if somebody was on vacation it was okay except for me okay so so constantly kind of picking on me and saying saying no you have to call in it doesn't matter if the other 12 guys are on vacation they don't have to call in but you have to call in no matter where you are mm -hmm. and I actually thought that was a gender situation and and maybe a, it was a little bit and my question is do sometimes women fall, fall victim to this a little bit more than men or is this generally across the board it happens to everybody I think we hear more about female victims because mm -hmm. men they usually don't like to complain. Can talk about it. Mm -hmm. So I'd say both genders suffer equally. Uh, but there is a good uh, news. Also, our listeners can <laughs> Google assertive behavior and principles of assertive behavior. So that can help them to maintain their sanity and not to fall for all these tricks. Unfortunately, if people with cluster B or personality disorder see that they can't use you, you might become a target of their mobbing. So and they will try to discard you by sabotaging your work, your relationship with your colleagues, and basically they're going to make your life a living hell. So they can easily present you to others as being incompetent, they can spread nasty rumors about you, because they, if they can't control you, they will control how others see you. Mm -hmm. And this is very hurtful experience that can all happen at such a pace that uh, it will be barely visible for a long period of time until you realize that you've lost your career, your friends, your, your colleagues hate you, your health is gone, your self-esteem is gone. And the reason why it's happening is like, remember this story about boiling frog, you know, if you place uh, a frog into boiling water, uh, it will instantly leap out. But if you put it in the cool water and gradually heat, the, the, the frog will keep adapting to temperature change until it gets, you get the frog soup. <laughs> so, so if you find yourself having this feeling, constant feeling that you're walking on eggshells um, in terms of unpredictability of your boss or colleague's action, decisions, reaction, you're under constant stress. You might not actively realize it will build up over a long period of time. Uh, so then later on can manifest in all kinds of conditions like depression, anxiety disorder, low immunity functioning, hormonal disbalance. And, um, but the question here is really what to do, like what to do, because uh, many people who reach the boiling point in such dysfunctional relationship, they, they first a reaction is to seek revenge because they feel like they're being robbed. They invested a lot of effort into something. Nothing good came out of this. So this is really mm, bad way to go because what you're trying to do to them is to make them feel bad too, right? This mm. is the, the purpose of revenge, I think. And it's very important to understand that those people, they don't see and feel things the way we do. It's quite different species in terms of their emotional life. So you might uh, do something and you think it might hurt them, then it might not, actually might please them. <laughs> <laughs> And so you can't make them feel guilty. Uh, they will never give you closure, you know, by admi admitting that they were wrong. And until you understand it, you're never going to move on or recover from this toxic relationship. So you just need to find this closure within yourself. 
Mm. But also by trying to fight back, I think you have to go back uh, to their own level. And uh, even then you never win because they don't have empathy, they don't have remorse, and they really master their game. You should always remember, just never regret being a good person to wrong people. Your behavior says everything about you, their behavior says everything about them. So revenge is not a way to go. But um, in a situation like this, the best way to go would be to simply distance yourself from this person. Let's move to a different department, change your job, because your life and health is at risk in this situation. And these two things should be always a priority. Mm. You agree with me? Absolutely. So. Work-life balance. Yeah, of course. And if it's impossible, you can try to use something like called gray rock method, which means you just stop reacting to their provocation because your emotions are supply for them. They induce drama to get them. So you just stop playing their game and they will eventually get bored Mm. and they move, um, they leave you alone and they move to somebody else. And then we need to help that somebody else. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So basically, also it's a good uh, thing to try to support from your colleagues, your friends, uh, in case you find yourself experiencing emotional burnout or symptoms of PTSD. I recommend finding a therapist who is a familiar with working on traumatic relationships. Uh, remember, it's not your fault that you got yourself in this destructive relationship. Um, everyone can be there. It's it doesn't mean you're a good person or bad mm. person. It's everyone can be a victim in this situation, but it is your responsibility to get yourself out of it. And also, one more piece of uh, advice: uh, people who are trying to exploit you are afraid that their behavior will be known, and uh, they hope that you will be silent, uh, silent, cooperative to avoid the uh, conflict. But you should speak up. Well, they're scared of open, direct confrontation mm. and uh, defend your boundaries, learn about unhealthy relationships, learn about the parents so you can detect it, remove yourself from it before it's too late. Yeah. So I think that, that that's interesting, interesting tips to for our listeners who, who may be have a co-worker or a manager um, who may have these narcissistic tendencies and how you can help yourself. I think uh, to to wrap it a little bit up on um, on the leaders that are out there. Well, probably at this point, all the narcissistic leaders have left us and aren't listening anymore. But um, <laughs> but uh, the, the rest of them, I think I think as leaders, I think as leaders and Teresa, um, maybe you can you tell me if you agree. We we have to be aware of our own selves uh, and um, and. Um, Take, take, you know, just understand what we're doing, would you say? Uh, yes, I agree with you, Kim. I mean, um, that's how we started the session today, is that keep in mind that some sense of narcissism is always presented in the leaders. The question really remains is whether they will use it to help them and contribute to the relationship or really hinder them. Yeah. So, you know, you should just keep your uh, behaviors in check and... Uh, Look at the other people around you. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you. I'd like to I thank like to thank you, um, Teresa Prihodova, uh, PhD candidate at Charles University in Prague and researcher at the Institute of Mental Health in Prague, and Dr. Anastasia Patterson was a professor at University of New York in Prague. And um, to our listeners, if you want to contact both these ladies, uh, please contact them through us at leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. And we will make sure 
that that your questions get to them and they and will be answered. And you can also join us on Twitter at leadershipgbt on Facebook or on our Leadership Beyond Borders on LinkedIn. So I, I think this was a really interesting, uh, necessary discussion because I mean it certainly is uh, quite the the buzzword out there today. Um, and I, I, I have to say I'm, I'm leaving with a little bit of different sense than I did, so I thank you uh, both um, for, for you know, bringing in also not just the productive, the good side, but also the dark side. Um, and I'm still kind of a believer that there has to be some kind of healthy dose of good narcissism or as um, Michael McCoby calls it who, in his book, Productive Narcissism. Um, to be successful. I think, Teresa, you just summed it up quite nicely that it's a balance and we as leaders also not only have to be aware of ourselves, but we also have to be aware of our people working for us and those people in our organization. Um, on the other hand, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that you have to ignore the attributes, for example, that John Blakely, the author of The Trusted Executive, talked about in our previous episode. And you as a leader have to balance your behaviors and you're responsible. And poor leadership, regardless of its narcissism or incompetency, can affect the entire systemic organization. John Larry Joyce, author of Fertile Void, spoke in our previous episode on systemic team coaching. Organizations are living systems affected by individuals, groups, and external forces. And only when you reach that balance, we can build high-performing organizations and high-performing teams. This week's Leadership Beyond Borders is a program brought to you by the Academy of Executive Coaching, London, Boston, and by Global Business Therapy. We're going to be holding a systemic team leadership coaching certification for leaders, managers, consultants, and coaches in Boston from September 13th to 15th if you'd like to join us. And if you mentioned Leadership Beyond Borders, we also have a 10% discount for that training course. So for now, um, I will see you next week, and please contact me at leadershipbeyondborders.gmail.com. Visit my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Uh, join us on Facebook. Join us on LinkedIn. We really want to hear from you. And until next week, my leadership word of this week is actually two weeks quoted from Michael McCoby. If narcissism's there, please use productive narcissism. And have a good week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.